Hello, welcome to How to Scale a Business podcast. I'm Bridget Devon, your host, and today I'm excited to welcome Natasha Dillon. Uh, today we're going to talk about the companies she works with, Radlet Capital and FundFi Merchant Funding, and we're going to talk all things investment vehicles in real estate um, or commercial finance investment and just general um, business topics. Um, but Natasha, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Yeah. So to start, um, I'd love to hear about yourself and how your um, the companies got started and where they are today. Sure. Yeah. So I've been working in finance business for, I don't know, a long time now, um, since I graduated in 07. And so about nine years ago, close to 10 years ago now, I started working in a type of financial vehicle called you know, commercial finance. So we were doing lending essentially to small mid-sized businesses all across the U.S. And that kind of evolved into a partner and I starting our own company a few years back. That is FundFi Merchant Funding. So we started that. We did, we're doing all of our own financing with investors that we've been working with for a long time. So all of them have entrusted us to invest their funds into these types of vehicles. Sort of a shorter term financing option for businesses that don't have the time to wait for a bank or any other kind of vehicle. So we've been doing that since uh, 2020, but my partner and I have been working together since 2017. But this brand started in 2020. And so we started that business. We've been we've been growing that business, and and just recently got some institutional funding for for that business. So it's growing at it, its own sort of rate now, and its own sort of new process of of how to um, operate a business with institutional funding. Then in uh, 2019, it started to offer. Well, again, because we were working since 2017, but in 2019 we started offering other financial vehicles to our investors, mainly for tax benefits and, and sort of offset some of their gains in our other business. And that's where we started getting involved in real estate and specifically multifamily real estate. So that was sort of initially created as an, op an option for our investors to be able to invest alongside us and to diversify their fund their funds for with us. Very cool. I'd love to hear um, a little bit about what the day-to-day -day operations for you are like, especially um, as a business owner. Yeah. So FunFi has developed in such a way that where, you know, with the very beginning, it was just my partner and I, he was doing sales. I was doing all of the underwriting, all of the funding uh, where we've really grown to, you know, almost a 15 person underwriting team at this point. And that process is really, the, they're doing all of that sort of research legwork. There's a lot, when it comes to the actual time of funding, there's hours and hours of research that they have to do, background checks, searches. So in the beginning, I was doing all of that. And now we have them doing that. My role on the underwriting side is essentially when it comes to like the day-to-day -day operations, it is reviewing the funding before it gets sent out, the, all of the documents that they've kind of, the package they kind of put together. Um, but then in addition to that, I'm constantly analyzing all of our data as far as how many deals that we're getting in, how many deals we're able to get through, what our turnaround time is, do we need to hire more people, do we need to downsize, which doesn't really happen right now, but that's sort of things that we're, we're looking at. Um, and then with the part of the, would be us being partners with an institution, 
There are several other financial components that we have to report to them. So I have a smaller team that does a lot of the reporting in that sense and, and a lot of the communication back and forth with the with the bank and other partners that we have. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I'd love to hear too, like what kind of changes are you seeing in your industry? Um, maybe from like when you first started the new company to where um, things are today. Love to hear about the changes. Yeah, the industry itself has has changed uh, tremend- tremendously. We had we were we came from a place where we were not regulated at all, essentially, or uh, very little regulations. There was some rules around contracts and and legal wording that we always had to follow. Um, but now we're getting uh, much more um, attention, I guess you could say, from different states and from the federal government to create. A, a good marketplace and and which is totally accepted by us. We enjoy that and we like that because a lot of our competitors can sometimes do things that are just not uh, up, up to par, if you will. So, uh, but it, it does require more paperwork. It requires us to be in contact with a lot of our attor- attorneys a lot more, um, but they're just small disclosures just to you know, provide more information to uh, folks that are taking the financing that we are giving. So we are not personal financing. So we're not financing to people. We're, we're financing to businesses. So as a business owner, it's sort of expected that you have a little bit more uh, business knowledge, a little bit more savvy to sort of uh, financing that you're taking. So it's not as overwhelming as like a consumer product, uh, mm-hmm. but still, you know, it's in there. It's there's they're asking us to make certain dis- uh, comments and disclosures in the in their contracts, which again is totally fine. It doesn't really do anything other than create more paperwork for us. Um, but we've been able. We're we're sort of moving into the line of fintech, if you will, whatever that truly yeah. means to to anybody. But there's mm-hmm. a lot of um, systems and processes that we can use to to speed up that process on our end. Yeah. Um, so I actually have two questions, um, and forgive me if they're like, you know, um, uh, I guess I want to say like simple, but just so I can kind of wrap my head around it a little bit more. Um, what Can you walk me through what it's like for a business who has no experience in this and they're like, hey, you know, um, can you share me what this journey is going to look like and um, and you know, how it will benefit them and just kind of unpack it for somebody who's like super new to this type of investing. Sure. So on the investment side or on the borrowing side? Um, let's, let's do the investment side. Yeah. So on the investment side, it's basically that somebody is giving us a, a certain amount of money, whatever that amount is, and they will be able to invest into small businesses directly. So Similar to, I guess, how you would imagine you would invest into larger businesses where, you know, essentially you have little control over what that investment's going to do, right? You 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 can guess and you can assume X, Y, and Z company, or let's say Coca-Cola is doing really great and you expect them to continue to do really great. You have very little knowledge on how the business actually operates. You know, you can get financial statements, of course, but and you can do that sort of research, but a everyday investor is not going to really do that type of research. And then on top of it, you have market conditions that are just completely out of everybody's control, particularly the business you're investing in. In our case, we're we're getting a little bit more intimate with the businesses that we're investing in because they are so small, because we have access to all of their information, their bank statements, 
all of their background checks of everybody that they're involved with, their business background checks. And there's a little bit more um, information we get on each business. With that being said, of course, market conditions can affect that business as well, but it's just a little bit more control over what you're investing in. And also the amount that we're investing into each business is at a much smaller scale than uh, you would be able to, you'd be able, maybe you can invest $5 in, in Coca-Cola, but you're basically no, you have no cloud on anything to get your, to recoup your investment where we're putting in maybe you know, overall, you know, let's say we're doing a $30,000 advance to them. The investor that's investing with us, maybe only five or 10% of that. So they're putting in a smaller amount, but they're still getting the capturing sort of the return that we're getting. Yeah. In addition to that, we're investing in you know, hundreds of businesses and you know, we're funding probably like 10 businesses a day. So that particular investor can invest in all of those businesses in one day times, you know, whatever, however long it takes for us to invest their money. So they're really diversifying among several different businesses and different states, different industries. So it really helps the investor be able to diversify in this type of niche, but get the returns. Yeah. And then when we collect the payments, uh, however, the frequency we collect, it depends on the business. We take those funds that we've re that we've collected and reinvested into new businesses. So there's even further diversification for the investor. Very cool. And then I'd love to hear too about um, like the borrowers side. What's sure. their experience like um, when they're coming on board with you? Yeah. So originally they're, they're in contact with a salesperson, right? So it's usually a broker that we work with. And so they're talking to them about the products and, and what they have available to them. And if, if our product is the right product for them, they would submit to us just bank statements. And so from there, we analyze the bank statements and we determine sort of what we believe that they can handle as far as funding amount and what their payback that we feel like they can handle too. Uh, so that process really looks like they've come to us because they need financing. Either they're opening up a second location, they may have an outstanding invoice, but they need to first fund the products that, before they get paid from their future uh, customer, or um, they need you know an extra they just didn't get the payment in from another payment that was supposed to come in. There's various reasons why they come to us, but it's usually a, a situation where they can't wait the six to nine to 12 month period that a bank takes to approve you. So it may also just be, they're looking to bridge that, like they need capital right now. And then they're planning to take, you know, a larger line of credit from the bank and they'll pay us back or whatever it may be. But that's usually the reasoning behind why they are coming to us. Yeah, there's other very small reasons that sometimes banks automatically write people off if they can't. Uh, let's say they have had a tax lien in the past. We're not too keen on taking people that have tax liens either, but we're a little bit more lenient than a bank would be for right. like past issues that have been cleared up. So that's other reasons why they come to us versus a bank. Very cool. I appreciate um, explaining that and breaking it down. Um and uh, yeah, and one of the other things I was curious about too is, um, you know, do you come across any like um, myths you kind of have to dispel in your industry or your line of work um, about like yes. investing or borrowing? Or do you ever feel like there's like, um, like a misunderstanding that you have to kind of, oh, explain to people 
Yeah, on occasion, I think my underwriters will like come across uh, somebody who may, you know, may not be fully understanding. But the idea or the hope is that by the time it gets to us, that their broker, whomever they're speaking with, have kind of talked them through the, the education process. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's, yeah, I mean, there's some people that aren't very happy that they're, t- I mean, our fund, our funds tend to be a little bit more expensive than a bank because we're not a bank, right? We're not getting our money from the government. We're getting our money from private investors. So we have to right. provide a return. Um, so it is a little bit more expensive, but, um, do, but they, they usually, I mean, they're, they're in the position and they know what they're, they're purchasing, right? They know that they're coming to us. And know that it's going to be a little bit more expensive, but they're getting what they need, which is to be able to operate their business. Um, on the investment side, uh, on occasion, I think the biggest item, and this is not really related to why we moved into real estate as well, but uh, I think in the beginning, we were getting questions from investors about like that there weren't any hard assets to, to back up our investments with the small businesses. So uh, that so sometimes because people are just familiar with that type of investment and knowing that there's property behind it or whatever. So that sometimes was questions we would get. But at this point, we have a lot of our investors are either referrals uh, or our previous investors. Right. Um, so for yours, your um, kind of day to day tasks, when I like I'm, I was thinking, you know, what what part of the day um or what part of the of your job is like just really enjoyable? You know, I know sometimes people love when they can just buckle down and like just work uninterrupted hours, or maybe people really like the engagement with, um, you know, clients. I'd just love to hear a little bit about um, what parts of your work are just really enjoyable or fulfilling. Yeah, it, yeah, it's, for me, it's all enjoyable. I really like the challenge. It's very challenging. It's very like high, uh, like uh, I don't want to say stress, but like high frequency work. You know, we're we're constantly working on several files a day, and and you know, kind of going back and forth and determining uh, and solving different problems. So that's been a lot of fun. Um, up to very recently, I was really in the weeds of all of the deal, all the deals, and all of the work that we're doing. <laughs> Excuse me. And so that's been a newer sort of process. Is kind of. I'm still very involved in all of the deals. I I look at all of them before they go out anyway, but sort of in the beginning stages, I was a little bit more involved. So sort of pulling out of that and doing a lot more of like the strategy, a lot more of the thinking, um, making sure I have time in my day to just think is a a big thing rather than just answer questions or solve problems. Um, Because I can spend my whole day just in my in- inbox answering questions and it by the end of the day I'm completely mentally depleted because I've just like had to think through you know several different processes. Mm-hmm. So we've worked really hard in getting like SOPs together and different sort of guidelines and and following that process for our whole team every part of our team for them to be able to solve those problems on their own without coming to me and having me to do the research. So that's been a big change in the last year, I'd say. Uh, but the the taking the time to think is is very important to me. Oh, I I totally relate to that. And one like like the more you can create systems, so your brain can turn off when you have to do certain tasks. Um, 
allows that battery to just stay fuller and then use that energy towards more like you're saying, like creative thinking, like strategy long term for your business or just allowing yourself the time and energy to think outside the box, um, which is, you know, such an exciting part of running a business. Right. You know, just like being like, where are we going to take this? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's kind of a a misconception about running a business. Right. Is that there's no creativity to it. Like in business in general, people yeah. tend to think that there's no creative aspect to it. Um, Cause sometimes I'll get that question like, Oh, you see, you're so, you seem so creative. Why are you in business? It's like, no, it's, it's a real great um, marrying of the two, the numbers and the, and the creativity. So yeah, not to say that our business is super creative. It, it's right, definitely right. not, but but just yet yeah, the time to strategize and kind of figure out new uh, solve or big solving for bigger problems instead of the smaller problems is sort of where it's at right now. Totally. Um, and I'd also have to ask too, do you have anything coming up on the um, horizon, like a project or a release events or anything that um, you, you want to share or excited about? Yeah, well, it's kind of down the line where, well, I wouldn't say it's necessarily released, but we're involved in certain organizations that are around our business. And there's an event coming up in March, uh, the beginning of March, where uh, both my partner and I will be a part of sort of the panels and talking about uh, different, you mentioned disclosures and different kind of uh, regulations that are coming down. So we'd like to be a part of like educating our industry about things like that. But um, other than that, we're just we're looking to just keep uh, growing and and working on um, on our next you know, steps with the with the business. Yeah, and on that note, I'd love to hear um, you know if you want to share a little bit about the vision, um, you know what you see maybe in the next year or beyond. Yeah, I think I think really you know using technology in our field is a um, is not as. Um, possible as maybe some others, you know, there's a lot of, of uh, human touch that gets involved because um, there's just a lot of nuances, especially because of what we're talking about, the type of people that tend to borrow from us, like they're, they tend to have different little nuances that we have to work through. Um, but we're doing our best to find different processes and constantly researching different, you know, a lot of the thinking and time spent that I'm trying to spend on is a lot on like AI and different things that we can use, a lot of tools that we can utilize to improve our process. So we're constantly looking to uh, just find different ways to get the data and the information that we need from you know A to Z in a quicker rate of time and what kind of tools we can use to, to do that. Um, we've, we've used and we have been using a lot of different tools that are really great but they tend to break on us. And so, you know, just constantly just trying new ways to see how we can do that is is a big part of what we're kind of working on at this point is just being able to scale to the next level and having the tools and the people in place that can bring us there. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. Um, Well, before we go, um, I'd love for you to share um, if there are ways people could stay connected with you or anything else you want to share about um, your your company or or either company sure yeah so fun we're i think we're on uh, all socials but i know definitely we're on linkedin instagram probably facebook um and then same with radlet we're also on on uh, linkedin instagram uh mainly and then for myself i'm also on linkedin 
Awesome. I love it. Um, well, uh, sorry, one second. Yes. So for those listening, uh, definitely check out FunFi on their socials. LinkedIn seems to be the hotspot and Instagram among others. And Natasha, I really enjoyed the conversation. Again, I I appreciated the breakdown just, um, of, of, uh, what it's like from the investment perspective and what it's like from the borrowing perspective. Um, but this was a great conversation for me. I learned a lot. And um, yeah, so for those listening, definitely check out their socials and um, follow along on their exciting journey. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks.